0: to the weekly message from Angel of Joy Lutheran Church, an ELCA congregation located in Lufkin, Texas. Pastor Paul Guy and the family of Angel of Joy invite you to join us for worship at 10.15 a.m. on Sunday mornings. If you should find yourself in our neighborhood, please enjoy this message and visit our website at angelofjoy.org. grace to you, and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Let me begin in this way. Oli hears that Sven has bought a new truck, so he goes over to take a look at it. When he gets there, he sees dents all over the truck and Sven sitting in the driveway behind the truck. Oli says, Sven, why did you buy a truck with dents? Sven says, Oh, I made a real good deal. It got dented in a hailstorm, so the salesman gave me $50 off the price. And he said that all I have to do is blow on the tailpipe and those dents will pop right out. But I've been sitting here blowing on this tailpipe for two hours now and I don't think it's working. then Oli says, Sven, don't be such a dummy. You have to close the windows first. (laughs) Heck, and I thought it was a car salesman joke. (laughs) Nah, I can't believe anyone could be that stupid. And I've seen those sonic drive-in ads, too. But sometimes something does strain at our gullibility. And Easter was like that. Never had happened before. First time. So no one expected it, and nobody believed it. The gospel reminds us of that disciple who has come to be known as Doubting Thomas. And, as I noted in the title, this is my wife, Inga's favorite gospel text, maybe in the whole Bible. I'm not sure. She would have to say, for is it? It is. And you have to read it in my burial. Does that mean you stop now? Are you trying to... Seminary, they warned me about these Sundays right after Easter. I didn't believe it, but there it is. Yep. Yep, she likes that. And you have to ask her exactly why. But for my preaching today, since I'm the one in the pulpit, I can say that down through the generations people have gone through pretty much the same dilemma as Thomas. You heard it, it seems too good to be true, and as they tell you, if it sounds too good to be true, then it probably is. Well, we started off today the good news. Jesus lives. Yeah, indeed he is. He is alive. He is risen. Well, of course, the first to hear about it were either the women or the woman. You know, the Gospel of John indicates that Mary Magdalene went alone to the grave on Easter Sunday, expecting the worst. In fact, not even thinking there was any possibility of anything but the worst. Jesus' body was already starting to molder away, and she needed to get to work. To anoint his body, to clean it, to wrap it, to do all the things that today... Mortuaries take care of. She went there looking for a dead body. But what she found was a living, breathing, talking, loving Jesus. Loving humankind so much that he gave his life on the cross for us. Even for you and me, sitting 2,000 years away. Yeah, he was alive. Well, she went to tell Jesus' disciples about it. She knocked at the door where they were hiding because, you know, they were scared the same thing could happen to them too. You know, they were his followers, they were his team. The authorities could be after them right at that very moment and they were hiding, fearing for their own lives. Caught up in grief, of course, for Jesus, but probably even more caught up in terror that that they were living on borrowed time themselves, and that knock came at the door, and we can almost hear the shake, and where they were talking to each other softly, suddenly they got silent. Silent. And then Mary, perhaps perceiving their timidity, said, hey guys, it's me, Mary. And one of them cautiously opened the door just a crack, and peeked, and it was just Mary Magdalene. But there was something about her, something that said, she's been through an ordeal here. Look at her eyes. The pupils in her eyes are dilated to the max. Either she saw something that scared the dickens out of her or something extravagant happened, and either way, we better get her in here. And we can see whoever it was that opened the door, whether it was Peter or one of the other disciples saying, get in here quick. And peeking out and then slamming the door and locking it again. What is it, Mary? What's the matter? You know the rest. You know the rest. Of course, they weren't all there. A little bit later, when Jesus actually showed up himself, there was one missing, actually two missing. You know who the two were. Thomas and some other guy named Judas. Judas was gone for good, but Thomas, by any luck at all, he would be back the next time they gathered together behind that closed door. But even so, Mary gave them the first inkling that Jesus had risen from the grave. And then later on, when Jesus showed up himself, not knocking at the door apparently, but just simply being there, we don't know how, but he was there. They knew that. We know what he said Peace be with you. Peace. No turmoil. No fear, no anger, no nothing. Just peace be with you. Be comforted. Be at peace, my friends. It it really is me. And if you want, take a look. Here here are the wounds. You know, he showed them. Well, there's no real explanation, no written word of how the disciples that were gathered there that time actually dealt with that whether there was any misgiving there. All we know is that whoever wrote the Gospel of John seemed to have it in for Thomas, or at least he used him as sort of a scapegoat for for doubt. When he did show up, the disciples told him that story, and it was about as believable as as a moon rock made out of cheese. I can't believe it. I know you guys. I know that you're basically really truthful. And I know you really believe you saw Jesus, but it just couldn't be. He was dead. I know. I saw his body when it was being taken down from the cross. I know that Jesus was dead. Dead is dead. I hate it but there's not a thing that either I or you can do about it. He's gone. They said, no, he's not. He's back. No, he's not. Okay, I'll tell you what. If I see him myself like you think you saw him, and if I can see his wounds like you said you did, and I can see that it wasn't a real good makeup job, but I can actually touch them and feel the the mark of the nails, and the spear. Unless I can do that as much as I want to, I simply can't believe it. You can call me Doubting Thomas. You can call me Emily Rose. You can call me anything you want, but I just can't believe it. And we're kind of hard on Thomas, aren't we? We have all our lives heard about Thomas, but nobody talks about Thomas, but everyone knows who doubting Thomas is. But you know what? When he showed up the next time, when he was there and Jesus came, he didn't ask to see the wounds. Jesus showed it to him. He told him, yeah, come, take a look. You can see for yourself. You can feel for yourself. But you know what? Thomas didn't need it. And one thing that the other disciples were not recorded having said when they saw Jesus earlier, Thomas did say, My Lord and my God. Whoa! God! That's something that the disciples weren't calling Jesus, but he was that Thomas. So we've got this absolute witness. Now, you go down through the ages, and I'll bet you, I'll just bet you, that there are very few people in this church today of good scholarly Lutherans who can name every one of the disciples by name. But you know Thomas, don't you? You remember him. And I think the reason you remember him is because you can identify with Him. If someone walked into this room right now, someone you had not seen before, but this person walked into the room, and I said, that's Him. That's Jesus. Probably not the first thing in your mind would be to say, you're right, it is. But rather wait a minute, that's probably just somebody made up with one of Pastor's Lenten costumes. That's not really Jesus. Besides, Jesus couldn't be here. He's up on a throne in heaven somewhere having a nice conversation with Moses and Mother Teresa. He's not here. We couldn't believe it either. And yet, true is true, whether we believe it or not. And that's where we connect with Thomas. We understand the doubts. And we want to be there in his shoes when Jesus stands in front of us, glowing with love and vitality and inviting us to touch him. And to be touched by him in turn. We want to be there just like Thomas. Maybe that's why Inga likes this Bible verse so much is because she says there is hope for me just like there was for Thomas. This is a guy that I can identify with. This is a guy who's got the same doubts and questions and misgivings as I do. And it's true no, we can't prove that it's Jesus. How could we prove that it was Jesus if he did walk in here? I'm sure there are other people. There were a lot of people that were crucified back in those days. There are people in the Philippines that do that themselves as sort of an act of devotion around Good Friday. They don't die, but they do get themselves pinioned to a cross. Maybe it's one of them. What I do know is Jesus probably doesn't look like Dennis Ayler and he doesn't look like me because he was Jewish from the Middle East. We kind of like to color him the way we are. But Thomas, we don't have any trouble. We know Thomas is just like us. And in the end, Thomas could say, My Lord and my God, and to be loved and blessed forever. Well, maybe that's the best way to talk about this, first Sunday after Easter. Every year it happens the same way, you know. First Sunday after Easter, Thomas. Not Thomas, but doubting Thomas. But you know what we can call him today? And I hope we can say the same thing about you and me. Is that no longer is he doubting Thomas, but he is believing Thomas. Thomas. And on that wonderful note, I say to you, Amen. Thank you for listening. Please provide feedback on the iTunes podcast page and visit our website at angeljoy.org for more information.